And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts. We travel to understand what things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, it's a new day. It's a new dawn and it's a new chapter in the book of Acts. As we slide into chapter 8, we meet the early villain of the church. He will not stay a villain. In truth, he is almost the opposite of Judas. Judas appeared fine, but proved to be the greatest traitor of all. Saul starts cruel, but becomes one of the greatest encouragers of all. Wow. It's a lot of drama, a lot of intrigue, a lot of powerful observations in life, and we'll get into that. Next, a wave is how the Bible describes the persecution that launches against the church. It was dramatic and relentless. Now, I used to bodyboard in La Cachina, California, for those that want to know. As a novice, I would go out there, and the waves were about, I don't know, eight feet. I'd try and catch a wave try to get the ride, I'd often miss. (laughs) One big wave after another would come smacking down hard on me. Sometimes I was pushed way underwater. Imagine if persecution was like that. It was like that for the early church, and yet everybody says they want to be like the early church. Hmm. And finally, back to Saul the monster. He was focused on destroying the church, not by eliminating prayer in school, but by arresting believers and throwing them in jail because they were believers. Biblical persecution is not inconvenient. It's devastating. It's not just immoral. It's life-threatening. So when they were dragged out of their houses and they were locked away in jails because of their faith, that's real persecution. That's tough stuff. But... This, this persecution is what led to the spread. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, like I shared earlier. Spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show. It's david at hemustincrease.org. David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the to- the during the toe. <laughs> cool, that was a good one. During the show, not the toe, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can also call us. Live during the show, 972-445-0770. Unless this is being replayed at like 2 in the morning, then we're not going to answer. But you can call us, 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you get to talk to Captain Chris. 
You know what that's like? That's like having your loving pet come and kiss you in the face for no reason at all because they love you and you just feel so special. That's what it's like when you talk to Captain Chris. And then you will be... That's my name. So when that comes up to me, he goes, Bert, right? Goes to Levi's because he's older. So Levi's, when Bert comes up, just comes, looks at me, goes, and then goes, <laughs> okay, okay, thanks, bud. You know, just for no reason, just being loved. I like that. Aww. I know. <laughs> uh, here's the uh, bottom line. You might have a thought, an opinion, a comment, or a question. You might have something going on in your heart and mind. You're like, I want to share this, you know. I'm just, again, I'm just going to assume you understand it's not a kvetch fest, so I don't want to hear about kabuki theater that's going on. In the <laughs> For those that don't know what kabuki theater is, that is not a slam against the Japanese. It is a slam against the theater players on television right now. So the bottom line is this. This is a place where we want to encourage one another, strengthen one another, and help each other stay on mission. As we know that the Lord's return is getting closer and closer, our job is to strengthen and encourage one another. That's our goal. And so if you have a prayer request, bring it on in. We will pray for you, and we'll take it on, and it'll become our burden as well. If you have a praise report, come share that so that your brothers and sisters can rejoice. That's what it talks about, that when we, when one another, when one weeps, we all weep. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. We also do Bible trivia, and here you go for your first Bible trivia for this section. What Hebrew word used by Jesus— and this could be an uh, a Aramaic word, so that might be an incorrect way to say that. But what word was used by Jesus in the prayer that meant father? That meant father. What word? Yeah, we'll give it the Hebrew as the initial. The Hebrew word used by Jesus means father. Joy, Anne, and Cordelia. Striking right away. Very good, very good. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, let me get the number. You know, I've only done this show when we're like at, at 8.50 or <laughs> you would think I would know since I give out the number, let's see, three, four times a day, five times a day, really, right? Uh, 800 plus about 4,000 times. Uh, our number is 972-445-0770. That's right. I had to look it up. Uh, also, our text, 214-210-8483. And then uh, you can also send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. Okay? That's the way to get in touch with us, keeping that straightforward and simple. What was the word used by Jesus that meant father? He said, use that word. It's really a Hebrew origin, but an Ar Aramaic kind of swung afterwards. So it's either one of those will work. Okay? So you should know the word, basically. Um, what's, the big, what's the big hint? Oh, I know. Also a rock band. <laughs> there you go. If you can't get it now, I quit. <laughs> See, that's a good that's a good hint. Uh, other thing I want to tell you guys is, so I got my materials last night on the defense. And I just want you guys to be in prayer for me just because I need it. Because uh, uh, half of it looks super, super good. And the other half of it looks super, super not as good. So uh, just pray for me that I will be patient and uh, diligent and uh, not get frustrated and not stick my finger on my nose and wave or my thumb on my nose and wave my finger. 
at the professors, which might happen anyway. I'm just saying. Uh, let's go to our test. We'll go a couple of minutes next year. Uh, our intro for our expository. Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! I mean, can you come up with something more useless that I sent to you for you to use as this? This <laughs> is like so unbelievable. It's amazing I used that in the in the video. I gotta just say. <laughs> and if you have not seen the whole video about the brochures and about being an ambassador, you have to because at the very end there's a surprise. I can't tell you because that ruins everything. Okay, let's uh, just jump in briefly into the book of Acts. We're not going to spend a lot of time in this particular section, just to let you know. We are in Acts chapter uh, 8, verse 1. Saul was one of the official witnesses at the killing of Stephen. So this is the introduction to Saul. Saul comes into the play. He's now a part of the process. And the, the thing about Saul is how he starts and how he finishes. And that is in contrast to how Judas started and how Judas finished. Judas started, he was one of the 12. Every time the Bible talks about the 12 going out to do something, Judas was a part of it. Everybody's thinking, oh, Judas went somewhere else. No, he didn't. He was a part of it. They were, they were ministering to people. They were praying for people. They were sharing. They were doing all that. Judas was part of all that. At the end, he betrayed the Lord. He was the son of perdition. Some people are like, well, he could have repented. He's the son of perdition. So son of perdition means he couldn't, so that's over. Sorry. The, but the bottom line is he started off fine, but just you know wilted and went the wrong direction. Saul, who's going to become Paul, he's starting off as bad as you can get. What is he doing? He is, and we're going to see this in a second, he's going into homes and dragging believers out. He is physically abusing them and throwing them in jail. Now, the reason I want to bring this up is because when people in, in the church talk about persecution, they talk about well, they're going to take away your tax-free status. You're not going to be able to pray in school. Now, we know that not praying in school has brought about an unbelievable downfall of morality in school. But that in and of itself is not Christian persecution. When they cut your hand off because you believe in Jesus, that's Christian persecution. Do you understand that? You say, well, no, it's persecution in a mild form. It's not a mild form if they say you can't put a bumper sticker on your car. It's a, it's a, it's not, I mean, that's nothing. If they drag you out of work and throw you in jail and beat you because you believe in Jesus, that's persecution. Okay? that's what the early church went through. And, and I hear people say it all the time, we want to be just like the early church. <laughs> yeah, really? Sure? You sure? We want to do all the things they did, just never have any of the pain. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Ask Jesus. It didn't work that way. All right? So that's something to really keep in mind and be aware of as things get now. If the Lord tarries and it doesn't, this is, we, this is all the eschatology. The Lord comes back, the church doesn't go through, you know, this, that, or whatever, or the, the Lord comes back halfway through, or the Lord comes back after. You have to be ready no matter what. It doesn't matter whether your eschaton says he's coming back before it gets bad in the middle of it or at the end. This is irrelevant. You have to be ready 24-7. That is his requirement for you and I. You have a choice. All right. Uh, the trivia. We've got to answer the trivia. Uh, what word did Jesus use that meant father, which was also a rock band? Abba. 
Abba, come on, Abba. Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Okay, folks, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon Experience? I did what most Christian men would do when they make a mistake. It's their fault. There's nothing but humiliation on your face, and you're trying to recover in the moment. And you know what I did? I blamed it on every possible unseen force except for myself. You have chosen wisely. (laughs) So guess who knocked that uh, crystal light on that white carpet? It was Satan, by golly. Well, it was at that moment because it certainly wasn't my fault. I didn't knock the, the crystal light all over. It was my glass. I did pour it. I did bring it to the table. And somehow fell on the the carpet and spread everywhere and by golly i wasn't going to take the blame for it because that would be taking personal responsibility well i'm not taking personal responsibility after all that 500 dollars deposit we just had that we were hoping to get back when we move out is uh, already down to 200 <laughs> and it was dropping by the dollar as the stuff was spreading the christian faith is being attacked 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we get ready to load up the next question. Okay, ready? Okay. When Jesus met her, 
How many husbands had the woman of Samaria had? Hmm. When Jesus met her, how many husbands had the woman of Samaria had? How many husbands had she had? Okay. Think about what that is. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at he must increase.org. Uh, we do have somebody calling in. We will get to them uh, in, uh, well, we'll probably get to them sooner than later because it's a good idea. So now in this question, this is, it's not a trick question, but you got to remember that when Jesus said, you know, you've had X amount, X amount, and the guy you're with now is not your husband, right? So, I mean, that's, that's what he said. So it's, you, you can't get away from that. And it's amazing before we get there to say this one point, that whatever that number is that's going to be discussed in just a second, that didn't stop Jesus from using this woman. I just want to point out, people are like, well, they're disqualified. It's like, really? Because this woman helped an entire village. It's like, yeah, I would not say stuff like that. I'd be very careful. Uh, are they ready? Yep. All right. Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. You're talking to Deborah. Hey, Deborah. Nice to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. You doing good? Thank you. I hope you are too. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing great. I'm in. I, I'm in that defense now, and so my brain is swirling. <laughs> it's taking three years of material, two and a half years of material, and throwing it all together in a very short time. So wow, lot lot going on. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm losing brain cells uh, somehow, but that's all right. <laughs> okay. All right. When Jesus met her, how many husbands had the woman of Samaria had? I believe it was five. That is correct. You are right. So that's the key. So she had five husbands, and then the, the, the one you're with now, that's not your husband. So uh, assuming that she had divorced or all five were divorced, this would be number six. And it's like people are like, oh, that's a disqualifier. Disqualifier for what? For Because of her, she brought the village out to him. It's like that's pretty good. So yeah, uh, I mean, God can use anybody to do anything he wants when he wants and how he wants. So we just say yes and amen. Yes, sir. All right. Excellent job. Very, very good work. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, and y'all have a good day. All right. Thank you. God bless. Right. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yay. All right. Two jokes. One is, it's not that it's bad. It's just, you know, we've kind of beat this one, you know, multiple times. A mother was teaching her three-year-old the Lord's Prayer for several evenings at bedtime. The child repeated it after the mother. Then one night the child was ready to go solo. The mother listened with pride to the carefully enunciated words right up to the end. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from some email. For the evenings. <laughs> I just you like that. Uh, okay. This was a little better. <laughs> it's not terrible, but some email. <laughs> Which actually would be true. A father was reading Bible stories to his young son. He read, The man named Lot was warned to take his wife and flee out of the city. But his wife looked back and was turned to salt. His son asked, What happened to the flea? <laughs> see, 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 take his wife and flee out of the city. See, that's what. 
Don't be driving down the road next to me. That's all I'm going to say, Captain Chris. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> See his wife and flee out of the city? What happened to the... Okay. Uh, all right, let's get to... Uh, where are we at? What are we doing? We did the joke. We did the trivia. Okay, let's get back to the text. We do teach around here from time to time. <laughs> Noel, you know what she said? She said, listen to some of the show because she had the day off. I said, yeah. I said, I didn't get to a lot of teaching. She goes, so... Thanks, son. All right, here we go. Uh, so this is verse uh, 2 from uh, from Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Saul was one of the official witnesses at the killing of Stephen. Now, a great wave, verse 2, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles— this is actually still verse 1. All the, the believers except the apostles fled into Judea and Samaria— and uh, let's see. There was oh, and, and godly people came and buried Stephen with loud weeping. All right, let me just say something about this. I want you just to kind of a quickie review so we can catch up. The apostles had settled just settled an in-house dispute. They had selected the seven deacons. Stephen uh, just we just went through the, the experience where Stephen had his ministry, his death, and now we're going to be entering soon into Philip. Saul is introduced, and you got to remember, this is like the drama unfolding. You had Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as the gospel defining what, what it was when Jesus was on the earth, walking through in the flesh, showing the, the disciples. Now, this is what that residue is once the Holy Spirit's been poured out on how they're functioning. And so this is kind of a continuation, really. Acts certainly is part two to both, uh, to all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and because it's what happens afterwards, okay? So at that time, after afterwards, there's this great wave of persecution. So what you need to see, and this is probably more important to recognize than not, is that Stephen's death triggered a large-scale persecution. After he died, that opened up this really wicked door, and the Lord allowed it. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But it allowed this persecution to sweep over the church. There's something that we uh, we're, I'm going to talk about in the next segment that has to do with persecution, the results of persecution. But we are not in charge of which events take place and which trigger what things. I know we want to be, and I know we think we should be, but that's not how it goes. At this point, the church moves into an underground type of position. And you're thinking, you know, wait a minute, but the apostles, they, they stood firm. I mean, what's the deal with that? How come that took place? The reason the apostles didn't move is, number one, they, they represent stability for the church. Number two, there was not a lot of fear in them because of their reputation. Remember, Peter had already talked to Ananias and Sapphira, and down they went. At the after Peter spoke, so there was already this sense of yeah, maybe we don't mess with those guys, and that's a little bit of a connection to Elisha and 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 Elijah, and it's God's protection. So God would let the church be persecuted to a degree, 
But it's not an unlimited, we'll do whatever we want, we'll, we'll take anybody we want kind of man, mentality. So that's why it says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers, except the apostles, fled to Judea and Samaria. And then it says, some godly people came and buried Stephen with loud weeping, technically the first martyr. Now, Jesus is the first martyr, but you know we're talking about the first martyr post the resurrection of Christ. And so you you have the story building up to here, and now we're going to get we're going to go back into Saul, and then after that we're going to go back into what this this spread did, what this whole process is. But here's something I want you to understand: we're watching stuff on television, we're looking at internet sites. Some people are more committed to observing the process than others. Great, that's fine. But if this takes us off mission, that's a problem. If everything you see and observe puts a spirit of fear in you, that's a problem. If everything you're observing overwhelms you, that's a problem. That means that your observational intake is world-oriented and not kingdom-oriented. And do you remember what it is that Elisha prayed for his servant when he thought they were going to be overwhelmed? He said, Lord, open his eyes. And when the Lord opened his eyes, there were chariots of fire everywhere. And why I bring that up is because we are so, uh, I don't want to say fleshly. We are so uh, earth realm only. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know if that's a saying or not. We're just so only focused here. We don't see the things that God is doing. We don't recognize he's got stuff in place. We don't understand that this is part of a plan. And this is where our trust in him needs to elevate because between now and his return, it's not going to get nicer. Get that? It's not going to be prettier. That, that, that's the key. Okay? All right. I will take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my privilege in my past. I've been a Christian for a short time, only about 40 years. But when I was in my first year, I had a chance to meet James Robeson, who had a chance to pray for my brother and myself. Uh, very helpful at a very needful time as we were fighting our way out of a Christian cult. And uh, he prayed for clarity. And uh, it was just a pastor's gathering in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I have the privilege again of interviewing one of what, what I consider to be one of the great men of God who are still with us on this planet. And I just want to give a wholehearted welcome and open door and open heart to James Robeson. Uh, thank you, sir, for being a part of our show and a part of our audience. Well, David, it's a pleasure to join with you, and I'm grateful that praying together was uh, meaningful to you to a very important part and point in your life. So just joy to be with you and your listeners. Now, David, can I just download what I believe is the heart of our Heavenly Father to your listeners for a few minutes? Yes, please, by all means. When I spoke to the leaders before the election, and I talked about the need, this is in Washington, there were nearly 2,000 pastors and church leaders there. And I said, I'm telling you, there are people right now who are being captivated by the Jesus they see in some of our lives. And I said, listen to me, 
we have a fatherless nation, desperately in need of a father. If we, as believers, as Christians, who have the perfect father, if we would show people clearly what the family of the perfect father looks like, I believe the fatherless would run to the father and the father's house. And I believe that. I said that to the President of the United States. I said, sir, your children say you're a good father. Eric Trump happened to be sitting by me when I first said that. Eric said, he's a great father. I said, well, he may be, but that doesn't mean he's flawless. I do believe that we need a father, and I believe we can pray, and God can raise up people that have a father's heart. And so I began to emphasize the church revealing what the father's like. Now listen to me. We as believers comprise the body of Christ the body of born-again, baptized into Christ believers who are born from above. We have a perfect heavenly Father who reveals his will. He's not willing that any should perish. He said, you call on me, and I'll heal your land. Now listen to me. Christian believers, we're not looking for a champion. We've got one. He's the only one that rides the white horse. We're not looking for a king. We have a king. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, that's Jesus. He holds kings in his hand. Our king, our shepherd, our father, said, come to me as my family, and you ask me to heal your land in desperate need of healing. You come in humility. You come knowing I'm the only one that can heal, and I can use imperfect vessels to accomplish my perfect will. I always have. I always will. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready for our next trivia question. This is another one of those fast shows, isn't it? It's just like boom, boom, boom. Uh, Which Old Testament priest fell off his chair and died when he heard his sons had been killed in battle. Which Old Testament priest fell off his chair and died when he heard his sons had been killed in battle? Now, on that one, you may want to use your concordance. It's a little tougher. I understand. It's okay. Uh, But you may want to check it out. I think you guys will be able to figure it out. If you think you know the answer, we want you to be able to reach out to us. Our number here, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483. And then in addition, you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. We'll send you up to the website. Don't forget that there's audio and video on the website to encourage you. But uh, one of the biggest things about that is really that's a place to give. And it's tight everywhere in the country. I mean, I filled up my gas. My I did a half a tank the other day. I was like, Ugh. I mean, it is more than it used to be for the whole tank. It's just like, it's just amazing. So we get it. Do the best you can. If not, you can't do anything. Please pray for us. I'm asking you. I'm petitioning you to petition for us. But if you can give, great. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemostincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. I was just thinking, remember I told the story about the guy driving next to me? And then you had that one particular sound about... (laughs) 
<laughs> that would have been a good one too because it's like there's a little bit of drowning there. Thank you. <laughs> kind of thing. All that right. Was clearly uh, a kazoo. So what's that? That was clearly a kazoo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> clearly, that was clearly in the trumpet family. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna go with. Uh, maybe the trombone side of things. Anyhow, uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's Kevin. Hey, how are you? Hey, all right. How are you today? I'm doing really, really well. I'm just I'm just settling in knowing that, you know, I got a lot of work ahead of me, but the, that the Lord is with me. And so I'm looking at the joy that's set before me to endure the stuff I got to go through. That's how I think yeah, we ought to live. That's the way there to do go. it, right? All right. Which Old Testament priest fell off his chair and died when he heard his sons had been killed in battle? That would be Eli. That is correct, sir! And, and here's the thing that I think some people will miss. So he found out his sons had died, but he did not yet fall. But then he heard what happened to the Ark of the Covenant, and then he fell. So his sons was overwhelming, but then he's in, and the Ark of the Covenant was captured, and then, then he went down and over. It's like, wow. That's, that's somebody detached from the kids just a little bit. That's what I would think. <laughs> Oh, I think we lost him. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you, brother. Good job. Great job. Excellent, excellent work. Okay. We got history, and we got to do, right, history? Okay. Okay, let's do history. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right. There's one thing on this that is exceedingly important. Okay. That last caller was Kevin. Is that right? Kevin? Great job, Kevin. Thank you. Okay. Today is Fresh Veggies Day. Meh, okay, you know, I like fresh veggies with ranch dressing. Anyway, <laughs> did I say that out loud? Uh, International Waterfall Day. Actually, I went to a, uh, it was in, uh, it doesn't matter. I, I've seen a couple of, of really cool waterfalls. But this one is Sea Turtle Day. Sea Turtle. <laughs> National Fudge Day. Hello. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's what I see. See, anytime you're talking chocolate. But this is fudge. I don't care what kind. Of, I you know I love fudge. Oh yeah, and we grew up. I grew up in Michigan, so we had Mackinac Island fudge. It was the best. We would go to camp, and then we would for Parents Day. You know, back then they really had things wired. So we went to camp for eight weeks. Okay, Camp Tanuga for those who were trying to figure. It. And I also went to Camp Tamaqua, and uh, Tamaqua was the movie that Indian Summer was based on. The guy who wrote that was my counselor. So uh, anyway, so to do it, so your parents would come, then they would bring fudge, and it was close to Upper Michigan, and so they would get fudge. <laughs> Just sharing a little bit about that. That's how it went. Uh, let's see. Uh, 1858, Abraham Lincoln makes his "I'm borrowing from Jesus about a house divided" speech. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what it said. I'm just helping them. In 1884, the first roller coaster in the United States opened up at Coney Island. Uh, 1903, the Ford Motor Company Incorporated. 1903, Pepsi Cola is trademarked. So you have Pepsi and Ford. How could they not have put that together and made some kind of marketing thing? Wow. Uh, and then in this day in 2003, so we're talking about 19 years ago, the famous fighting families, the Hatfields and the McCoys, made peace between the families. There you go. Okay. Crumpling that up. Got that going. All right. Got everything else done? All right. Here we go.
Back to the text we go. That's where you go whenever you're not sure. You go back to the text. Here's what it says. Verse, as cha- Acts chapter 8, verse 3. Saul was going everywhere to devastate the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women and throwing them in jail. So I want you to catch a couple of things that are uh, kind of important about that. So in in the in other texts, I think in the King James text, or in a different text, it'll say that he was wreaking havoc, all right? And that, by the way, that is, the, it's the same Greek word. So it's, the word means ravaging of wild animals. In other words, this is not a uh, pleasant process. This is a brutal process. And so people were suffering for the faith. And I want you to hear what the early church went through. If you were a believer and you're in your house, okay, you're not in the public square. You're not at a government building. You're not, you're in your home. Saul was going everywhere to devastate, to wreak havoc, to like the ravaging of wild animals, the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women. So now you got to be thinking, to some degree, you have to be thinking about World War II and how the Nazis had done that to a lot of the Jewish people. It's like, and then they would take them and they threw them in jail. And their crime was believing. Their crime was being a part of the church. And the reason I bring this up or, and make such an emphasis on this is because the church is uh, the church is gonna. It's how do I say this without sounding like a moron? That's gonna be tough. Uh, the church is gonna be whittled down. Just a can't, I can't say it any differently. There's going to be a refiner's fire that comes on the church. And people who are genuine in the faith will endure, and people who are not will not. There's Remember we talked about that there's going to be a greater separation? There is going to be a greater separation between believers and, and non-believers as time goes on, but there's also going to be a greater separation between those who are really in and those who are not really in. People who are not really in, just they're not going to want to be part of any of that stuff. I'm not, I don't want to get dragged out. I don't want to be thrown in jail for my faith. And yet we make the commitment to say that we will do whatever it is that we can do to honor God and to and to honor the Lord and to be before him and, and give our lives to his cause and to his purpose. This is what it's talking about. It's like people are like, wait, I like the add-on part. I like the Christianity is an add-on. Psh, I like add-ons too, but that's got nothing to do with this faith. And that's why I, I try not to uh, be too cynical. I got a lot of cynical in me, so I apologize for that. But people are like, oh, Christianity, religion, it's the opiate of the people. It's the way for people to escape. This is escaping? People getting dragged out of the house and thrown in jail because they believe? Sure. I mean, you don't have to be brilliant. You don't have to have a doctor to go, okay, well, whoever said that's not very bright, right? And I want the church to not be afraid because the Lord will be with us no matter what we go through, but not be unaware that as bad as you think it may or may not get, could get worse. I don't know. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. The the prophetic people, I love them, but they don't know how bad it's going to get. 
We don't know how where it's going to go to. And regardless, we're either in the faith or we're not in the faith. We're either willing to believe and to stand in Jesus or we're not. And you might, you know, if you're a real Christian, you might lose friends. Is that more important than your faith? If you're a real Christian, you might lose family. Is that more important than your faith? I mean, I've, I have, my brother and I have been on the, the dark side of the family for <laughs> 43 years. I, I wouldn't do it different in any way, shape, or form. I just wouldn't. It's just because he has, the Lord has been so good to us, so kind to us, so protective, so loving, so caring. At the hardest moments of my life, he was there with me. At the best moments of my life, he was there with me. And he's always with me. And no, he's not with everybody that same way. It's not true. God was with David. God wasn't with Saul, the King Saul. It's just it's as evident as can be. So my encouragement through this test is stand firm in the faith, immovable. Your first allegiance is to Christ. Stay on mission. Okay? And then we're going to look at the coolest thing when we get back. I mean, it is so cool, I'm unworthy to teach it when we get back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself, I go down to the jail of my soul. What is the David Spoon experience, you say? I'll put it to you like this. Do you love a good joke that's pretty bad? What do you call an animal that doesn't practice what it preaches? A hippocritopotamus. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Do you love being able to ask questions, comments, or having someone to pray for you? If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want it to have a chance. And last but not least, do you love some trivia? All right, we got our trivia question. Uh, who made clothes out of leaves that were sewed together? Somebody want to answer the trivia question? Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on. Here you go. This is David. Who am I talking to? We're talking to Mary. This is Al. This is Brother Ace. This is Eric. This is Deborah. Now, if that doesn't make you curious, maybe you should tune in and check it out for yourself. Think of me as the big brother that won't go away. <laughs> That's me. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience weekdays at 1.30 p.m. on 770 KAAM. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Do you know how you keep going? Do you know how you keep putting one foot in front of the other? Do you know how you don't give up? Do you know how you don't quit even though you want to quit? You fix your eyes on Jesus. You see with God. 
When Peter went out of that boat and stepped on that water, there is no natural principle in the world, in, in, in any normal universe, that would allow Peter to walk on water. But he did one thing well. He looked at Jesus. And as he was looking at Jesus, the Bible says he walked on the water. He looked at his situation just focusing at Jesus. Then he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he saw the winds and the waves, and he sank. He lost the correct attitude when he stopped seeing with Jesus in the picture. Whatever you see, whatever you face, whatever you encounter, do not see it or face it in the natural. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So everything you see, you must insert the picture of Jesus. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. All right, got our last trivia question. This show, boy, blazer. Just like when I was driving down the freeway. Uh... All right, that this should not be difficult. I'm actually going to say this should not be difficult. In the Old Testament, which is like, duh. In the Old Testament, what was the name of Isaac's wife? There you go. This is straightforward. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, blank, Jacob, blank. Lady and Rachel. All right, so anyway, what was the name of Isaac's wife? If you think you know the answer... You can uh, call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Every once in a while, i got to go like this. You know you're not supposed to do that on radio? Oh, well. What else is new? Uh, let's do our DNA first. Can we do our DNA first? All right, let's do that first. <clears throat> oh, I got something in my throat. Oh, I hope it's not a feather. Uh, D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. <laughs> you guys are you're missing half the show. The other show's here in the studio between Kevin, Chris, and I. Uh, daily, every day. Spend some time with the Lord. Well, it's not. You don't have to spend four hours. Wouldn't hurt, but I mean, you don't have to. Uh, and never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. And A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that we are aware of others. And we are sensitive to the Lord so we can be used as a vessel or a vehicle. All right, somebody ready to answer the trivia? Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I, I, I got to say, I'm glad you asked me that question. I, I was struggling yesterday when I first got all the defense stuff, but then last night I was able to kind of process it and put it all over, and then I'm like, okay, not impossible, just difficult. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I'll keep praying for you. Please. I I really appreciate it. What I need is just peace of mind so that I don't like, you know, sometimes I stress on stuff like that that I don't need to. Yeah, I'm sure I'm the only one. Anyway... <laughs> In the Old Testament, what was the name of Isaac's wife? I believe it was Rebecca. That is correct, sir! 
That is exactly right. And it's amazing because when you read the story of Abraham and Sarah, it's kind of intense. And then when you read Jacob and Leah and 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 uh, uh, Rachel, Rachel, that that's kind of intense. But it seems like it's a little less in there for Isaac and Rebecca. It just seems like it's not quite as, uh, I don't know, happening or something. But excellent job. A lot of people would have missed that. So that was really good work. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, I'll, be, I'll continue to pray for you. All right. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. All right, great job by our brother Gary. All right, so uh, we did that. We did our DNA. We did all that. This last part's really good, so I'm, I'm okay with this. So I just want everybody to kind of follow along. You're probably like going, well, you think it's good. Well, yeah, that, that, yes, I'm the one that, yes, thank you. Uh, here is verse 4. So I'll read it from verse 1, and I want to do it on purpose and just follow the the bouncing ball? Follow the ball, okay? Uh, Saul was one of the official witnesses, this is 8-1, at the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, fled into Judah and Samaria. Some godly people uh, came and buried Stephen with loud weeping. Saul was going everywhere to devastate the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women and throwing them in jail. But the believers who had fled to Jerusalem went everywhere preaching the good news about Jesus. This is the part that we miss, that when you go through something, you just like, I mean, if you're the church, you're probably like going, well, okay, all we're doing is believing. What What is the problem, right? But God is using this event to spread the gospel. You see, it's easy to be super contented in the center and not have to move anywhere. And then everybody's faith is encouraging everybody's faith and nobody has to go anywhere or do anything. And there's a comfort zone there. I understand that. Right? Except God's like, yeah, that's not the plan. The plan is in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, Samaria, and to the innermost parts of the world. So the persecution is allowed, and it accomplishes three things that are absolutely lights out fantastic. Okay? I mean, these are three things that come from the spread of the gospel. All right? These are major, major, major components. The first thing that persecution does is it puts us in touch with the reality of eternity. When you are being persecuted and your life is on the line, that is when your faith in the eternal becomes more vivid than ever before. Because there's an opportunity or a possibility you will cease to exist on the human plane. And if you don't have eternity in mind, that's going to be a very tough experience. But if you have eternity in mind, what happened to Stephen when he died? He looked up, saw right into heaven, said, oh, come on, bring me. I'm ready. Let's go. So number one, persecution puts people in touch with the reality of eternity. And while it's kind of mild yet so far, although it's not mild at, at every level because there is some genuine persecution taking place in America, in other countries, there, just so you can know, two weeks ago, they went into a church and there was 100, 130 people in the church. They killed 50 people. That's persecution. Okay, Not there yet. May get there. I don't know. But it certainly puts us in touch with reality of eternity. Number two, it does this other thing that's enormous. It spreads the word. In other words, the gospel goes wherever we go. One of the things in the gospel armor is that our feet— have are, are shod with the good news of the gospel of peace. In other words, we take the gospel wherever we go because your feet go wherever you go. I mean, that's the whole premise there. And so it spreads the word. 
And you think, well, what if the church has to go underground? What if the church gets, gets persecuted? It's amazing how God always makes a way for the church. From the very beginning, there's a, a couple of really good books. Most, most books are kind of iffy, iffy, but there's something called The Trail of Blood. And the church has been persecuted for years, the real church. And yet it continues. And we will too. That's what's amazing. And God is, it's a fulfillment of the commission of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It's God's way, not man's way. If it was up to man, we'd put a big screen on the moon and we'd just show it on the moon. <laughs> everybody believe, everybody believe, everybody believe. That's not how God wants to do it. Okay? So it puts us in touch with the reality of eternity. It helps in the spreading of the word of God. Now get this, this is the best. And it creates... Genuine unity. Because only real believers will keep on believing when things get really, really difficult. Only genuine, authentic Christian people will stand in the faith. It will actually force a unity. There will not be two people running side by side, one being Church of Christ and one being Baptist, and them turning to each other and going, what denomination are you? What denomination are you? As bullets are flying over their head. Do you understand? It will create and force a unity. And you think, well, why is that important? Well, if you remember in the Tower of Babel, when the people were one, they could do anything. Ah! And you think, well, that's a pretty radical way to go about it. I know, but we are so bad, there's almost no other way to get us to do it. That's part of our problem. And so the Lord brings about these three magnificent, they're just so powerful. These are three powerful principles that come just from persecution. You think, persecution, that can't be good. Yeah, if it puts you in touch with the reality of eternity, if it helps spread the word of God, the gospel, and it creates unity in the church, how could that be bad? I think, well, well, that could hurt. Yeah. Welcome to Christianity. It can hurt. And you think, wait. But they said we were going to, this was going to have this. Do you love Jesus? Feed his sheep. <laughs> it's just the same thing he said to Peter. It's like, feed, take care of one another. A new commandment I give you. What's the new commandment, Jesus? Love one another. Well, why is that a new commandment? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbors and love yourself. That's the summation commandments. And then a new commandment in John 13, 35. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. You take care of one another. You're going to need it. And then Jesus prayed this prayer that a lot of us, uh, I think we miss it. and we're, we're not covering John for a year, so I might as well just bring it up. And as Jesus said, Father, that they may be one as we are one. Do you think that Jesus in that position in the incarnation and the Heavenly Father were united? Well, that Jesus prayed that we would be united like that. And that, by the way, brings glory to God. So you look at all this and you think, what a mess, but wait a minute, what an organized, design-specific plan on top of the mess that just shows you that we're not in charge. And that's the, that's the reality. God takes a monster and makes him the missionary of the world. 
He takes a disaster and brings about such great accomplishments for the church. The church spreads far and wide. The gospel goes everywhere, and the church is united, standing, praying, taking care of one another to such a degree that churches in one city take up collections to give it to churches in other cities who are suffering. Wow. More to it than the naked or fleshly or worldly eye sees. I guess that's what comes into play when we say all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Works for me. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spinanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.